Welcome to our Daily Inspiration Podcast. As Inspire Church is walking through a 30-day rule of life, whether you are participating fully or just listening, we hope you are blessed. Hey, what's going on, Inspire Church? My name is Adam Narciso. I'm a friend of your pastor, Pastor Phil, who invited me to take part in your weekly podcast as you're seeking to build spiritual disciplines in your life with God at the early part of 2022. I just want to say off the bat, man, I love Pastor Phil. I love his family. I love Inspire Church. I've been following you at a distance uh, since your inception, and I'm so proud of the way that you guys are seeking to build um, a depth of community in Scripture and in the life of the Spirit together. Um, I also want to say I love California. I was born and raised in just south of you in Salinas, California, before I moved to Tacoma, Washington, where I spent my young adult years. And until about four and a half years ago, where we, my family and I and our ministry team relocated to Nashville, Tennessee. I serve as an itinerant evangelist. Um, I happen to travel, serve churches here around the United States of America and in some international locations. I create materials. I lead a podcast called Jesus Movement Now with the Charisma Podcast Network. And then at the local level, I happen to help give direction to a student movement called Wilco United that's serving um, hundreds of students. And literally in the last two years, we've seen 2,000 young people, high school students, come to faith in Christ. What a remarkable harvest it's been. So cool. Okay, enough about me. I want to say this. Um, As Pastor Phil invited me to share in y'all's podcast, my heart was to bring a teaching and an equipping, a training, a practical training around transformational Bible reading. Um, Really, Bible reading has been the most transformational devotional practice in my life, hands down. Um, And it all started actually at my, my salvation encounter, which really was a word and spirit encounter. Um, I want to emphasize that a word and spirit encounter. We have today, we have word churches, people who are committed to the teaching of scripture. And then we have spirit churches, people who are, seem to be more committed to the experience of the life of the spirit. The bottom line is this, we don't have to choose between word or spirit or some hyper extreme of one end or the other. We get to, we've been invited into the radical middle to become a people that are shaped by the truth of God's word and and really thrown into a life full of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. My encounter at, at Salvation really began as my mom, who was a young um, believer, came into my bedroom one morning when I was a young teenager. She warned me not to play in a football game. She told me that uh, God spoke to her in a dream that something bad was going to happen. I thought she was crazy. Again, I played in the game anyway. She called all, all her friends at church that night, asked them to pray that that I would live and not die um, because, again, God spoke to her in a dream and called her to pray that I would live and not die. So I collapsed on the field in the third quarter, began vomiting, having seizures, shaking uncontrollably. I black out. I'm rushed to the hospital. Three and a half hours of emergency brain surgery. I should have died on the field, literally from the blood clot on my brain that was sustained during the game. But my mom was forewarned in a dream by the Holy Spirit to pray that I would live and not die. And she started a prayer meeting on the same field that I was convulsing on. And I'm convinced I'm here today because of God's mercy and my mom's intercession. Literally, there was a young man who died on the football field in my hometown on the practice field from the same injury. But the mercy of God. Um, 
two weeks in my recovery while I was bed, just confined to my bed, my mom would come to my bedroom. She'd open the scripture, open the Bible, read out loud. And every day for, for two weeks, this the same thing would happen. As she read scripture out loud to me, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that breathed out God's Word, would, it would, it's like he'd, he'd invade the room and he'd reveal Jesus' heart of love for me. I'd weep in that presence as my mom would read scripture to me. For me, the, the out loud reading of scripture was the living apologetic that God used to convince me that Jesus was the one true living God, that he liked me and he loved me, that I should be dead, but I'm alive and it's by his mercy. That in, those encounters with God over those two weeks really led to the point at which I was ready to believe the gospel, to repent and believe the gospel when I heard that God made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to become sin for me so that through him I might become the righteousness of God. I'm here today because of a word and spirit encounter, because of uh, an experience of transformational Bible reading. Today, as I contribute to this podcast for you, I want to give you some tools that are going to help, Lord willing, upgrade your experience of reading scripture. Here's the bottom line. Not all Bible reading is created equal. Think about this. The leading religious groups of Jesus' day, the scribes and the Pharisees, these guys, they were literally the most familiar with Scripture on the planet. They were the most disciplined reading and memorizing it. But they were also the ones who were most blind to who Jesus really was. Not all Bible reading is created equal. The scribes and Pharisees rejected Jesus' teaching. They dismissed his miracles. They eventually wanted him dead. The irony is that their knowledge of Scripture did not lead them to a personal revelation of who Jesus was, the Son of God. I want to say this from the very beginning. is consistent Bible reading or reading Scripture without truly knowing and experiencing Jesus and being changed by Him, being transformed by Him, is a sign that something is wrong. Something important is being missed. That's the lesson that we learn from the scribes and the Pharisees. And it should actually cause us to think seriously about how we approach the Bible today. When I was about 18 years old, I was a, a full-time Bible college student taking something like 23 units of Bible. I loved it, pouring myself into Scripture, preparing for a life of full-time ministry. I came to a point, however, when I realized that something crazy was happening. I was growing in the knowledge of truth, the knowledge of God's Word. I was expanding my theological base. However, my heart seemed to be shrinking. My experience of the things of God... Um, seemed to be diminishing. I was growing academically in the knowledge of truth, but my life was slow to be shaped by it. Until um, one of my Bible profs gave us an assignment where he gave us four questions um, that, that we could ask every time we approach, approach Bible reading. And it was actually that lesson that I'm going to share with you today that's, that's because it's been a transformational lesson. Four Bible questions Four questions for reading scripture that you can ask in, in, as you meditate, and as you pray, and as you study every time you approach scripture that's going to upgrade your Bible reading. Before we get into that, I want to say this. I made the statement just a minute ago, not I, all Bible reading is created equal. Some of us, when we approach scripture, we do so to find you know, good stories. The bottom line is this. If we open the Bible merely looking for good stories, 
we might learn cool history, but it's possible that we're going to miss the one who wrote it. Some of us, when we open the Bible, we look for, um, we want to study like Christian ideas and theology. It's true. You will find theological truth as you open scripture. The bottom line is this, though. It's possible to gain knowledge, but not the kind of knowledge that transforms you. Some of us, when we read scripture, I think a lot of us, when we read scripture, we, we, we read it to find memorable sayings. We, we're looking for something that we can underline, that we can memorize, that will inspire us and encourage us in the day and the week ahead. The bottom line is that you'll find that. You might find good content to post on your social media, but that doesn't necessarily mean that those heavenly truths are being written on your hearts. Bible reading is not only to be informational or inspirational, uh, but transformational. And this only comes by the power of the Spirit. Whenever we open Scripture, I'm convinced this, we have an opportunity to encounter the God who inspired it. The Holy Spirit who breathed out God's Word is able to open the eyes of our hearts when we read Scripture, enabling us to see a greater picture of who God is and, and who we are in Him. Jesus believed this about Scripture that it was so core to spiritual experience that he likened it to bread, the most basic of foods. He said in Matthew 4, 4, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus actually believed Bible reading was, was, like, was as integral and crucial as the most base substance of food, bread. Paul believed that the Holy Spirit was so engaged at the point of our Bible reading that he's able to impart to us what he called a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God better, Ephesians 1.17. Peter believed that it was actually this kind of knowledge of God that's, that's brought by the Holy Spirit as we're reading God's word is, is, is full of everything we need for life and godliness. That's how crucial... Um, daily and regular Bible reading is in the life of the believer. The questions I want to share with you today come from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I'll read this out. This is Paul. He said this, all scripture is breathed out by God. That's the word where we, the idea where we get inspiration. It's, it's inspired by God and it's profitable for these things, for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, so I'm a Bible college student, 18 years old, and I was given this assignment based on 2 Timothy 3.16 to ask four questions whenever I approach Scripture. And these questions are taken from these verbs, these action words presented in 2 Timothy 3.16 uh, concerning the profitability of Scripture. You know, a lot of us, I mentioned this, when we come to Scripture, we're looking to learn something, we're looking to be inspired, we're looking for a cool story to um, gain insight into, but how many of us are really seeking to come to Scripture on Scripture's terms? What if we're asking the wrong questions when we come to Scripture? Man, if you're only looking to be inspired, you're going to miss you know, 10 of the things that God's trying to speak to you. If you're only looking to learn something cool theologically, you're going to miss some things that the Spirit of God is trying to shape you in. If we came to Scripture on Scripture's terms, we're going to value these four things. Number one, the Word of God is profitable for teaching or doctrine. This answer, this asks the question, you know, if you believe Scripture, reading Scripture is profitable for doctrine, for teaching, you're going to ask this question whenever you read Scripture. Number one, what does this passage teach me? What does this passage teach me about God? 
about myself, about the world around me? What truth is imparted in this passage? That's question number one. Number two, you're going to ask the question of reproof. Um, In other words, you're going to ask, in what ways does this passage expose error in me? How does this passage expose error in me, in my thinking, in my behavior? Again, about God, myself, others, the world around me. The word reprove means exactly that, to expose error. And some of us have had the experience, you know, where we've been reading scripture and all of a sudden it feels like, man, scripture begins to read us. It's like the spirit of God uh, illuminates our, our mind, our heart, our thinking. And, and, and God in his kindness is exposing a lie that we've believed, an error uh, in, in our behavior, in our thinking. And that always comes with supernatural grace to change, to repent, or to realign to God's ways. And that brings us to the next, um, the next verb and the next question, that word correction. To correct simply means to, to be realigned. It, it carries the idea of an upgrade. Um, if you've ever been driving down the road, we've all had this happen, and then we go off, um, off of the map's direction, all of a sudden Siri says she's rerouting. And she gives us at the next light, make a U-turn. What is she doing? She's course correcting us. She's realigning us. Praise God. Thankful for Siri. Siri is realigning us to the the course that's going to get us to our preferred destination. A lot of us shy away from correction because we think it's a bad thing. We think it's diminishing us. We think it's an indication that we failed. But we don't realize that God disciplines those he loves. He, he brings correction into the lives, reproof and correction of the lives of those whom he loves. He's rerouting us to his preferred destination for our lives. Correction, that word asks the question. If we accept that God is wanting to correct us when we read scripture, we ask the question, in what ways does this passage of scripture realign me? How does this Uh, realign me to the truth of who God says he is, who I am in him, what the world is around me. Um, Correction comes loads of different ways. In fact, there are some passages that we read and there's no real clear ways the the passage corrects us, but it it does reprove us. It exposes error in us. We have to keep reading or we have to look otherwise. We have to study further to find the word that realigns us. But keep in mind, whenever God exposes us, it's his mercy. He's seeking to realign us to truth. And that comes through repentance, through the ministry of correction. And so there's always grace whenever God exposes us for us to be realigned to him. I hope you receive that as good news. It is. Man, it inspires me to not shy away from the reproving voice and message of the Lord. Um, The fourth verb that we see in this passage is the word training, training in righteousness. Um, Scripture is profitable for training us in righteousness so that we might be complete, equipped for every good work. If you accept that Bible reading is profitable for training you in righteousness and preparing you for the good works that God has you to walk in, Then you ask the question when you read scripture, in what ways, or what does this passage train me to do? In what ways does this passage practically equip me to do good works? 
And that question engages us into the adventure of following the Holy Spirit on day on those daily assignments with him that he gives us. He prompts us to walk in. It's super powerful. So again, there are these four questions built on these verbs from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Um, and what number one teaching in what way, excuse me, how does this, what does this passage teach me about God, myself, others, the world around me? Number two, reproof. In what ways or how does this passage rather expose error in me, my thinking or my behavior? Number three, around correction. In what ways does this passage or how does this passage realign me? Number four, with respect to training, um, what does this passage prepare or equip me to do? These are four questions that I learned in that simple Bible class that so wrecked my life and transformed me. It, It closed the gap, the gap between reading and having an academic experience to having really a transformational encounter with Scripture, with really with God in Scripture. And I, I trust that these questions will do the same for you. It's so important that we learn to come to Scripture on Scripture's terms. I can't emphasize that enough. It's not enough that we come to Scripture looking for an inspirational message. Because inspiration, being edified and built up in our thinking, is only part of, what, part of the profitability of Scripture. God wants to teach us things about Himself, about ourselves, and the world around us that will shape the way we think, that will anchor us into reality. We live in a world that is full of doctrine, teaching, ideologies that are really rooted in the system of sin. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, the system of sin, and to establish his kingdom, his rule and reign in his people. And as a result, we have to be a people who are anchored in the way we think and the way we live Uh, according to the clear teaching of Scripture. God wants to give you that every time you open His Word. He wants to renew continually the way you think about the world around you, the way you think about yourself and others around you, the way you think about Him. How many of you know that we live in a world where we are continually under assault? Our minds are under assault. We live in a world where our battle is not against flesh and blood, but the Bible says against rulers and principalities and powers of darkness and They're seeking to gain a foothold, an ideological foothold in the way we think, because the way we think ultimately informs the manner in which we live. God wants to renew your mind through Bible reading in a way that as you open scripture, you look for what is God trying to teach me? How is he trying to impart insight to how the world around me works? Secondly, with reproof, man, he's trying to root out error. The the things that are going to kill you, those pitfalls, those ideological pitfalls in your mind and in your thinking. He's trying to uproot lies from your life because he understands that if the evil one wants to destroy your destiny, ultimately he's going to come after the way you think. I say it this way, if you know, he he's he knows our he knows he can disrupt our destiny by simply disrupting our identity because all of our life flows from that understanding of who we are, who we are in Christ, who God is in us. And so he wants to expose error, and it's always a good thing. It's always the mercy of God when he does so because he's seeking to realign us. That comes that fourth verb of correction. God wants to realign you, friends, when you open Scripture today. He wants to align you to the reality of his love, 
his truth and his power. He wants to realign you to the forward motion of his kingdom on the world today. Some of you guys, you're, you're so faithful in your job. You're so faithful what the, the vocation that God's given you. And yet you're, it, sometimes it can seem like you, you might be going through the motions of life. And God wants to realign you to the, the joyful, wild, and supernatural adventure of following the Spirit of God in the workplace. Being salt, light, living good news, a living epistle to the world around you, the co-workers around you. He wants to whisper to your heart um, the, the, the burdens of your co-workers so that you can uphold them in prayer, you can reach out to them in encouragement, and you can find opportunities to demonstrate God's love, Jesus' love, truth, and power in practical ways. Some of you, God wants to bring this realignment to you in the workplace. And finally, he wants to bring training to your life. He wants to impart truth, power, love to your life through the daily reading of Scripture that's going to build you up in such a way that you can be a voice, a spiritual voice of authority that conveys the truth of the kingdom of heaven in a crooked generation, is what the Bible says, in your workplace, in your family life, maybe even your own home where there are people who are far from God. What I know is this, every time you open scripture, you have an opportunity to, uh, for a supernatural encounter with the same God who breathed out that scripture thousands of years ago. My prayer for you, Inspired Church family, is that you learn to do exactly that. That as you read scripture, sure, study. As you read scripture, sure, sure, find inspiration. Certainly find um, academic, theological truth and understanding, but, Make sure at the end of your Bible reading that you ask, you make time to ask these four devotional questions that help shape you in a transformational way. What I will say is this, this is going to help you fall in love with God. In my experience, um, there's a certain amount of joy, certainly that comes from learning things about God and taking theological classes. I love that. I teach those types of classes. There's also a whole level of joy and of freedom and excitement that comes when I begin to have the experience where I'm not only reading scripture, but it feels like scripture is reading me because the spirit who breathed out scripture is drawing near to me. As I come to scripture on scripture's terms, asking the questions, looking for the very things that scripture wants to give me. So I'm looking for the very clues that scripture is hidden in plain sight. The spirit of God breathes on my eyes, Ephesians 1:17, And he gives me that illuminative experience where I begin to know God in a whole new way. That's my prayer for you, Inspire Church. I trust that you're powerfully encouraged by this message. I want to encourage you very practically. Here's an assignment. I want to encourage you to open your Bibles today. If you don't already have a Bible reading plan, you can simply do this. James chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. And ask these four questions. What does this passage teach me? What error does this passage expose in me? How does this passage realign me? And what does this passage train or empower me to do? Listen, it's been a joy sharing with you the last 22, 23 minutes. I trust that you're equipped and inspired to go deeper in God's Word and have a transformational experience with the God of the Word. For those of you who are interested in tracking with my ministry, uh, you can visit my website, adamnarciso.com, A-D-A-M-N-A-R-C-I-S-O.com. There you can find a fresh sermon, some blogs and articles that I've written, 
as well as our link to our podcast, Jesus Movement Now with the Charisma Podcast Network. Hey, God bless you guys. I look forward to the next time I have an opportunity to serve you and be together. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you are inspired as we journey together to reorient our lives in life-giving practices as demonstrated in God's word. 